What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we're going to be talking about the awareness shop in New Pulse and the class that we recently took. So, Scorpio, you have a little bit more of an experience with awareness shop. This was my first time going there. Can you tell us a little bit about what it means to you and why you thought it was important for me to go? So, awareness shop is the only, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like a negative because it's a positive, Mm -hmm. but it is like the Home Depot of Wicca shops. Yes. Okay. Everything is there. It's big, but it's not gross like Home Depot. It's an awesome, awesome store, but everything is there. That is one-stop shopping. You have all your ritual tools. You have books. You have divination tools. You have crystals. They make their own incenses. So you, have, they have other incenses as well. But they have, you know, books on herbs. They have books on incense, how to make, you know, different oils. And then they hold classes. So really, if awareness shop was closer to my home, I would be there every day. Yeah. I right? definitely agree with you on it's that. It's a great vibe. The people really know their stuff. They're so super friendly. You know, it's the only shop that we have like it. Now, are there other shops? Yes. My favorite herbal shop is Flower Power. And now they opened one up in the Lower Hudson Valley. My favorite shop to get incenses and oils is Otherworldly Waxes and whatever. But if I want everything, if I just, I have time for one store and I need everything, it's there. The other thing is, when I moved from Brooklyn to here, some of my stuff went missing. I think that's where my Toth deck is. I know we've mentioned this. In Brooklyn? In the past that my Toth deck is gone. Yes. And, you know, I was thinking about it, and I thought, you know what? The joke's on whoever took it, if someone took it. Yo. Because you took my Toth deck, dude. But, I mean, I don't know. It could have gotten thrown out. I don't know what happened. It went on a journey. It went on a journey. My chalice was broken in in the move, so I had to go get a couple of things. There were a couple of things I needed. I went to the awareness shop. Why? Because I knew I would have everything there, from my athame to, if you want a robe, they got robes. I mean... Everything is there. So if you are starting out or if you have moved and lost some things along the way or mm-hmm. broken some things, you go to awareness shop, you know. Um, there are a lot of reasons why I love awareness shop, but those are, those are just some. And so I thought that for you, if you want to know more about Wicca, even though you found an interesting book there. I did. I was, first of all, it's super cute. I love like a cute witch shop. I don't want it to be very like Home Depot-y. Right. So it was nice to like walk. It reminded me of college. We used to have like a witch shop on my main street for a little bit. And it reminded me of that. And it's bright. It's not a dark it's so shop. Nice. I hate I, dark witch shops. I'm like, remembering why? like pastel purple. And I don't actually know if that's the color on the walls, but that's just the vibe there, that the shop gives me. In the class we took, there was a pastel purple wall. Yes. I think purple. There's a, I'm getting yeah, I'm pastel thinking, purple yeah, vibes. I don't know. I think I'm wrong. Which purple, is a good thing but, yeah. regardless. Mm. But I haven't been in a witch shop in a while that was so, that had so many options, that gave Mm -hmm. me so many choices. And I've never been in a witch shop that had books on Hellenismos. So it was the first physical copy of a book that I've ever purchased in a witch shop about my own religion. It was dope. I haven't started reading it yet, but I have it, which is amazing. Yeah. And they have everything. And they, they really have everything. And if they don't have it, you can talk to them about it. And they'll guide you in a different, like, oh, we don't have this, but we have that. Maybe you should look at it. You know, there's no pressure to buy anything. Again, just super friendly. And I thought, you know, if you're going to go into a witch shop, 
especially in the lower Hudson Valley. I wanted you to get an experience of, because they are Wiccan. Yeah. So to really get a feel for what a Wiccan shop is. There were other Wiccan shops that were like that, somewhat like that in the city. There's still one called Enchantments. Mm -hmm. Enchantments is different though. The vibe is totally different and they incorporate a lot of different things. This store is, you know, it's run by Wiccan. They're going to they're gonna have other things, but it's primarily for Wiccans. It was adorable. It's very cute. It's, it's a great place. It was really nice to, like, drive up to New Paltz also. Mm. We were saying, you know, it was kind of cold going up there, but New Paltz in the summer is probably great. Like, walking down yeah. streets, going into little shops, getting to, you know, do a class. I would be down to do that all summer. I did love also the little, like, back space. Yes. I kind of assumed that, like, we'd go into the shop and it would just be, like, you know, I've been in, in witch shops where it's just, oh, the shop is closed now and we're in the middle of the shop. Right. But no, like, they have a dedicated educational space and I love that. Yeah, it was great. You know, oh, no, you just go through the back. Great. And you walk in and it's got, you were pointing at pictures of, like, Gardner and yeah. Pamela Coleman-Smith. Right. It's just a wonderful experience to go somewhere full of, like, these really positive people who are here to help you learn. Right. Which was why we went in the first place. We are taking a class. Yeah. And they also have a witch's tea that we talked about going. Which sounds dope. That sounds amazing. Sounds like a thing I would want to do. Yeah, we have to do that when the weather gets nicer. Which... You heard it here, folks. Witch's tea coming soon. Yeah, we'll be talking all about that. And, you know, of course, the weather getting nicer could be next week. It could be in two months. Yeah, the, the Lower Hudson Valley is a mess. We never know. Yeah. So the class we took was on magical alphabets, and really the only thing I knew going into it was that it was going to be a three-hour class. Three hours felt like it was going to be too much. Right. And then you get into the class, and you're like, no, no, I, I'm actually okay with this. Yeah. They, they were like, does anybody need a break? And we were like, no. Yeah, no, we didn't we'll need a break We'll just go straight through. Exactly. Yeah. Some of the alphabets, they gave us like a huge packet. Yes. It was like, it was... Tons of information. And they went through every, everything there. It wasn't yes. just like here. It was like they went through it. Yes. Yeah. For me, it was a little bit, like the, the first half of the class was a little slow for me just because I've done cipher work and I've, like I know Omniglot, the website. So some of the resources were things that I've seen before. But for somebody who doesn't have experience with magical alphabets, it was exhaustive. Mm. It was like every possible alphabet that you could want there's a resource there for you. We've given you information about it, which I wasn't expecting. I was, I truthfully was expecting we were going to walk in, they're going to teach us how to write in Theban, and we were going to move on. So I was super impressed. Every alphabet, uh, angelic alphabets, bard alphabets. There was even, we had like a cheat sheet that they gave us that included um, Tol Tolkien. Tol Tolkien? Yes. I don't yes. know how to say this man's name. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I only name. read it. I've only ever read it. Yeah. But Tolkien had, like, three or four alphabets, and they were included on the sheet that was given to us, which Everything. is wonderful. First of all, they're gorgeous. If you ever look up Tolkien's alphabets, aesthetically, they're beautiful. But also, to have put that much thought into, not only am I going to give you, like, traditional magical alphabets, but also fictional magical alphabets, like, they really, they thought. They really thought for us about what they were giving us. Yeah. Were there any alphabets that stuck out to you personally that you were, like, really interested in? Well, there were some that I knew. But for me, it was the Masonic. Yeah? I think it's because, and maybe it's because we're talking about Crowley. We've, we've talked about Yeah, him we've been on the theme. The idea of ceremonial magic and these 
these groups of people who hold ceremonies and are so secretive. And my parents were Freemasons. I didn't know. Yeah. My mom, actually, a lot of places you cannot be a woman and be a Freemason. That I remember hearing. You have to be an Eastern star. My mother was an Eastern star. But then they allowed women to be Freemasons, and my mother became a Mason as well. Wow. So they don't talk about it. They don't tell me anything. Well, because it's secret. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm their kid. And like, I was little. And I remember saying, come on, you got to have like, do you have a secret handshake? Do you have this? And my mother would just look at me and go, oh, no. And I'm shaking my head now. And I'm going, no, 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 no. And I'm thinking, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So, and I haven't even talked to her about this now, Mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting because I shouldn't be like, You have to. You have to go home and be like, I know now. Yeah. I'm going to write something to you. Ah. You tell me what it says. Oh, my God. So, to me, that was interesting just because I thought, hmm, you know. I should have known this already. Was Masonic the one with the the boxes? Yes. Because that, I, I said to you in the class, and I don't. We tried to be really quiet because it was two people who, like, knew each other and then a bunch of other people in the class. So we're right. trying not to be, like, disruptive. But I remember we did the Masonic Alphabet. And I'll post some pictures for you guys on Instagram so you guys can definitely see. One of my friends in high school taught me that. Really? Yes. I did that. I used to send messages to one of my friends. Yeah, she taught me at lunch. How did she know? I don't think. She never called it the Masonic Alphabet. It was never like, oh, this is this is a witch thing. It was just, yo... I'm going to send you a note and I don't want anybody else to see it. Here you go. So we did that and I was like, oh, I know this one already. This is so exciting. That's weird. Okay. And I don't know if it's like convergent evolution, like two people figured out the same system and we're using it for different reasons. Or if like low key, this girl's like family was Freemasons and she just didn't tell anybody. We just all knew right. the Masonic alphabet because she was like That's so weird. secretly teaching us. Yeah. This is where most of my background in magical alphabets come from is I learned ciphers starting in middle school and moving my way up because I wanted to pass notes and not get in trouble. Like when I was in sixth grade, we didn't have cell phones. So we were, I was writing notes in like Phoenician to my friends and passing them and not that a teacher ever took notes from us because I was like a goody two-shoes but if somebody took the note they would look at it and be like this is literally not words yeah that's exactly what it is it's not words I was just scribbling and wanted her to see it duh so that I felt like the Masonic album was like a a callback for me like ooh, high school passing notes okay that's kind of sad that teachers don't see this I mean, if I saw that, I'd go, okay, I don't know what it says, but I know it says something. I, again, never actually had anybody take a note from me. Right. So I don't know if maybe I just thought teachers were stupid at that point. Yeah. But I was like, I was hedging my bets that if I wrote some scribbles, she wasn't going to take it from me. She was going to be like, oh. Or like if somebody was like, read this in front of a class. I can't. I can't read that. You can't read it out loud. There's no, there's no sounds. And there were some alphabets that had, like, sounds to go with them. Some of the alphabets were based on, like, ancient Greek or Hebrew. And so we have, like, a little discussion with one of the people in the class about whether or not you can read some of these ciphers. Like, kind of. You you kind of could if you wanted to use the sounds or use the names. But a lot of them are ciphers. And for those of you who are listening who are like, you've said the word cipher a hundred times and haven't told me. There are different ways to hide um, your writing. There are different alphabets or alphabet-esque things that obscure 
the language that you're using. The one that I use is a, a one-to-one. It's a substitution. So it, like A is a different symbol. B is a different symbol. We looked at a couple of substitution ones. Theban is a substitution cipher. Have you used Theban before? Yes. Okay. I don't use Theban. I did bring my calligraphy pen and like write a bunch of Theban in my like little notebook that I was using. Theban is really hard. Theban is not, I would never like pass notes in Theban. Uh, Theban is for me is only for my ritual tools, like on my athame or maybe I have a little thing in the front of my book of shadows. Mm -hmm. That's it. I am not writing anything in detail in Theban. But I also think it's the times, you know? I think if you have to hide something, then you find a way to hide it. And you find maybe the most beautiful or the most, the easiest, the one that makes the most sense to you to to do it or whatever's passed down to you. Yeah. But in today's day and age, I feel like, yeah, if you find my book of shadows, you'll find my book of shadows. Like I'm not, this, I'm not hiding it. This is a note that I actually made during the class is that you can see through like the list of, and the, and the, information that they gave us that ciphers become more and more complicated the more modern they are like crowley created this daggers um, oh that made no sense at all which is impossible to write in yeah no theban is super difficult all of these modern uh ciphers are really freaking hard yeah but they're really pretty i mean well yeah theban's gorgeous yeah but is it now that we've moved as modern witches from needing like this really quick functional cipher to hide all of our work to now we can do complicated ciphers that are more beautiful because we can take the time. We don't have to worry about like somebody's coming to burn down my house. I can do a beautiful, I'm pointing. I wish you guys could see me pointing. <laughs> I do a lot of gesticulation during this podcast. <laughs> You can put like a beautiful Theban inscription in the beginning of your uh, Book of Shadows because you're going to write the rest of the Book of Shadows in English or in whatever language you normally right. use. Otherwise, would we be using like a runic alphabet, which is incredibly simple, like no curves in the letters? You know, it's interesting about the runic alphabet. So they were telling us in the class, and I think we knew this already, that, you know, Nazis used yeah. the alphabet but it's kind of scary because there have been articles and i don't know how true these articles are i'm not going to say that this is happening in you know pagan society but supposedly there's a branch of pagans that are using runes and yeah certain gods because it's you know i don't participate too uh heavily on twitter in, like, a particularly pagan circle, but I do read, like, Patheos, and I try to keep up on, like, pagan news. And I have seen, like, tweet threads of heathens or, like, medievalists who are, who study this sort of stuff, basically calling out their community, being like, listen, we all know these people are here. Our job is to make it unsafe for them in our community. Don't make it safe for Nazis to use runes. Don't make it safe for Nazis to praise Odin because right. that's not what our religion is supposed to be about and that's not what these things are founded on. And that, I think, was the weirdest part for me is, you know, they're explaining, oh, runes, they, the Nazis were really trying to get into, like, all of the spiritual ways that right. they could win this war. But, like, 
the Vikings were a really open people. Scandinavian peoples historically were like, we're just going to move in. Like, yeah, they quote unquote conquered people, but really what they did is they just were like, hey, we live in your house now. You just ended up with a, a Scandinavian uncle who like didn't understand what you were saying, but he chopped firewood and he ate with you. They weren't, it wasn't like a, a race purity thing. They were right. happy to, to mingle with all of the different peoples and travel to Eastern Europe and to Rome and to, you know, Middle Eastern countries. Like they weren't about Nazism. And the thing that I, it was, it was really sad for me is listening to the presentation being like a lot of what we know about runes is from Nazis. Right. And you have to be careful that you're not using a Nazi source. Right. And I I was like, oh, that sucks. Yes. Like, that's the worst. It was really helpful for him to be like, this is how you know yes. you're using a Nazi source. I thought that was really good. That was my favorite part of that entire conversation because I feel like so often you hear, oh, yeah, there's Nazis. That's terrible. But it's nice to have a concrete resource. Right. So I don't remember the name of the rune. Right. But it I looks like an R. Right. And basically, if the leg of the R is cut off, it's from a Nazi source because right. the book that the Nazis were looking at had a hole, had a wormhole in it. And we can you can prove that because you could go look at the book like that's right. a real thing. So if the if the one leg is all the way to the bottom, it's not Nazis. If the one leg is short, it is Nazis. Definitely, I will post about it so you guys can see the difference. Right. We obviously <laughs> at which face don't support Nazis. Right. So we're passing that information to you so you can also not support Nazis. Well, yeah, and also if you want to learn more about runes, know where you're learning from and get your information from a source that's not a Nazi source. Have you ever used, like, do you use ciphers in your magical work? Do you use alphabets in your magical work? No. Not really? Um, They're really pretty, but it's something else that I would have to having my noggin like really down pat and I just want to read something I want to just have a spell and I I wanted I have enough of a hard time making something rhyme without having to go okay I'm gonna rhyme this and now I have to write it no 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 I'm not no yeah I don't rhyme things when I write spells so that also helps me a lot I also don't really write spells that much I live off of ciphers most of when i was doing like all of my soul searching you know when you're a young folk trying to figure out what religion you're into most of that was in code i don't really want to tell you guys what code i use because i want it to be a secret but i use a code almost exclusively i actually wrote in my cipher at the alphabet class because if I wrote something that could have been interpreted negatively, I didn't want somebody to read it. Sometimes I write like, oh, my hand is cramping. And I don't want someone to think, oh, that's because I'm making you write too much. I'm so sorry. So I write all of my notes in code. It was super funny because I wrote something and you knew what I wrote, even though it was in code. We're like going through our notes at lunch afterwards. And she's like, what did you write to me? Like, I, what did you, you wrote something to me that wasn't in code. And I was like, no, I, I didn't. I I texted you because I didn't want to look like we were sharing notes. She's like, no, no, no. So I'm looking through my notebook and I had written something and you go, oh, it's this. And I pointed at it and I'm like, it's in code. You read it in the code. So you might just, it might just be like 
I'm wiggling my fingers at her like yeah, like, like brains. Yeah. It might just be telepathy. Yeah. But I do I write almost everything in code. I write in code casually like in a mundane sense if I'm doing like Dungeons and Dragons with my kids and I don't want them to know certain things I write it in code. I write just notes at work in code if I'm in a cool. meeting. So for me this was super great cuz now I know more codes. That's awesome. Now I can have like, oh, well, this code that I already know is my personal code, but maybe I can use one in my, I don't have a book of shadows, but if I had a book of shadows, I could use one in that, or I could use one that's just for like shadow work. I keep calling them codes. They're, some of them are literally alphabets. They are functional 20 something letter systems that create language. Mine is a cipher. Mine is a code. I feel now like we have to have one. Like a witch space code? Yeah. Are you telling me that I need to create a cipher? That yes. we should... <sighs> she is so happy. She's clutching. Her... I don't know if she's having a heart attack, but she's clutching I'm her so chest. I'm so excited. Okay, she's not having a heart attack. No, I'm super hyped. I did a lot of code creation in high school. Okay. Haven't done it in a really long time, so I'm ready to get back into it. Okay, I think you should do it. I think you should be pretty. Uh, yes, but not pretty but not like Theban. Exactly. Theban's a lot. Yeah, not that. Yeah. So in an upcoming sit and spell, I don't know when. I'm not promising it. It's now, but I'm promising it one day. Upcoming sit and spell, the witch space alphabet. You know, I think that having these secret alphabets, these ciphers, I think that it's a great idea when you're talking about people who really aren't out. You know, even though I don't use it in my Book of Shadows, right now, the way we are, I would feel that if I had to give you something, I would have to, I'm just thinking, like, now we text each other or whatever. Yeah. But back in the day, if I couldn't do that, I wouldn't be comfortable writing to you and saying, Yeah. you know, the next sit and spell, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, what would we do? Like, I think that it's needed. And I wonder if people don't still need it. I... One of the main reasons that I learned code, besides passing notes to other people, was I did all of my religious studies in this cipher. All of them. Because I knew that if my mother was going to come home and look through my notebooks, she wouldn't know what was going on. And I could make something up. I could be like, oh, well, this is, I was writing a story and I'm practicing writing in, insert dead language here. I'm practicing writing in Latin. So this is what I did. As someone who is mostly not out, yeah, if I wanted to, like, write a quick prayer to Hermes, I would do it in code because no one's going to know what I'm talking about. And most people, when I do that, they treat – it's like a it's like a nerdy thing. They, they kind of roll their eyes and like, oh, Gemini, haha, how funny, versus looking at it and being like, well, what are you doing? Like, when you get to be – an adult. People just don't care anymore. Nobody's trying to figure out what your code says. They're just like, oh, this crazy person's writing in code. All right, moving on. I don't have to worry about, like, if I want to do something at work, boom, writing it in code. And I, you know, it's is it inconvenient to translate it back? Yes. Can I do it rather quickly? Yes. I've gotten real good at it at this point. I think that's the key. I think that these things only work if you can use them in, in a more normal fashion. I think if yeah. you have to constantly look and refer, that can be annoying. But I think that once you have something down, 
I think that they're still good. They're still useful. People are still using them. I mean, secret societies still use them. Yeah. So now, which space will start writing in code? I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. other classes in awareness shop. Yes, right? Oh, we're super go yes. Back. Yeah, we're Ultra definitely going yes. back. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try not to do too many podcasts just about awareness shop because we've got the whole lower Hudson Valley to Yes, and there's explore. many shops that I want to take you to. There's shops that I want to take you for different things. Like I said, I go to different places for different things, but this is my, I can only go to one shop. This is where I'm going. Yeah, we will and, definitely be back there. Yeah. You'll see us on Instagram. You'll see us on the podcast. You'll see us around. It was great. It was a super pleasant experience. It's nice. I really, I really miss which, which shops. I really miss which shops. I, we've had some like in Rockland County, we've had some in different areas and we just haven't, they don't always stick. And they're not like this. They're not. Yeah. I think that a witch shop to be successful has to be one of two things. It either has to specialize. This is what we do and we do this really, really well. Yeah. Or they have to be a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't think there really is an in-between. There are some shops that just do a couple of things, but then they also make up for it with classes. And this was a super reasonably priced class. Yes. Like, that's really nice for me to be like, oh, it's like 30 bucks. Cool. I have $30. I and can do so that. so much information. It was not a short. It wasn't like trying to get you out. It was like, let's really explore this. Awareness shop, cover your ears for 30 seconds. They could charge more money for that class. <laughs> they could. Okay, you can uncover your ears now. Yeah. They, they could have. With the amount of information with it, three hours for 30 bucks? Yeah. No, yeah. that was that was sick. That was bargain pricing. Yeah. I would do it again in a heartbeat. So we're definitely looking forward to that. And I think, you know, I was thinking about the Gardner episode and we were talking about, you know, the year and a day and it's good to work with people. And this is an example of that, you know, especially if you're solitary you want to learn other things, where do you go? And I think it's important to find places that are reputable. But even if we love it, I think it's important to also tell people, if you walk into a shop and you just don't get that vibe, don't go back. Find your place. Yeah. You know, find your people. But so many people are just willing to teach and to teach things that are beyond the basics of what is Wicca, what is this? Like the alphabet, I've never seen a class like this. Yeah. So to me, this was fantastic. A win. And we definitely had like a lot of time to converse and to ask questions. Oh, and, yeah. There and was to no find rushing out us. about each other. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they were like, hey, what are some classes that you might be interested in? Yes. And we were like, let us tell you all the things that we would like to do. Yeah. We wanted to say everything. I, did we? I feel like we did. I think we did say everything. Chaos magic. Who said that? Uh, was that you? It was definitely me. I definitely said that. I think it would be a dope class. Well, the the gentleman who was presenting was like, he kept mentioning that he was like, had done chaos magic or yeah. does chaos magic. And I was like, yo, I want to learn that. Yeah. Teach me that. And they were like, oh, we'll see what happens. I was like, mm, yeah, we're going to put person, some vibes out. One person actually said, I'm out. And I think that you and I were pretty happy with them. We were like fine with it. We're like, like that's fine. Yeah, can that's we do fine. it? Can we do it anyway? Can we do, like, it? Can we do this? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, it'll, it'll just be the three of us, and I'll take extensive notes. Yeah. We in don't code. even have to podcast. Now you can code. do it in code. Yeah. I'll do the the title will be in Theban, and then I'll do like some runes, and I'll like little side notes in. Yeah. Masonic. I got this. 
I just think that there's no substitution for a person, a knowledgeable person, talking, the face-to-face contact, maybe um, old-fashioned in that, but I really enjoy and I need when I learn to have somebody there, even if I don't ask questions, but I know that I can. And yeah. it's not on the internet. It's not like, I know who you are. I get a vibe from you. Because that's the other thing. You walk in and you feel the vibe. And it was such a good, positive. It's the first time that I've done a class where it was just this overwhelming, just joyous, yep. happy to see you, happy to teach you. Yep. Not like, I don't want anything from you except to enjoy what we're doing here together kind of vibe. And yeah. that was wonderful. It was. I'm a jaded biatch. So I walked in and I was like, psh. Look at all these happy people. I mean, it took me a minute to be like, oh, no, this is really how some people are. Like, this is great. What I like about this and the reason that I'm laughing is that this was the first class that we took. And I'm going to take you to other things. And you're going to see that every place I take you is like this. I hope so. It, I hope it we is. only have good experiences. You're going to have good experiences. <laughs> because by myself, I did not have good ones. Yeah. No, we're going to be going to some good stuff. So Super this excited. is just the beginning. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed your time in the Wicca shop. Loved it. Super fun. Nice. And so... So up for trying more Wicca things. Oh, hell yeah. Up for trying so many more Wicca things. Okay. I'm ready for it. Awesome. Our next episode is going to be the full moon where we're going to talk about Valiente. Yes, Doreen Valiente, one of the mothers of witchcraft. And then our next new moon will be a little bit of Beltane and a little bit of another Lower Hudson Valley area witch shop that we will tell you a little bit later. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us.